This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. Music is just a huge part of making it feel sacred. I think you would, you, well, part of the problem is that you would actually have to start like really looking for and paying for people who did liturgical music. Yeah, which yeah, I think probably. is needed. I think Absolutely. it's needed too but, because the the beauty of it is it, it's a makes it a more fully human experience when you have incredible sacred music for mass. It definitely sets it, it aside or it, sets it apart. You know? Well, it's like it takes in your whole being. Yeah. Like, oh, there's definitely something to be said for singing along, but like, I think it's important actually to have some pieces that are so good that the people can't sing along, that just strike them with beauty. Pow! Ah, I'm stuck. Gotta get that beauty strike. Yeah, you want to be struck. You, you want to have a beauty black eye, because That's the goal. Music's the goal. so good. Yep. Yep. Hey, <laughs> and we're back, folks. Welcome uh, back. Um, I'm Eli. I'm Joseph. And Almost forgot my name there. So. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure Every out. Every week I forget. Like I, <laughs> well, I messed I'm it up. One, a... Well, I didn't mess it up. I did it on purpose uh, one time. And uh, ever since then, it's just really confused the whole personal identity thing. Well, every time I'm like, oh, is he tricking me? <laughs> <laughs> I've created a, a fear, monster. this constant fear that constant. I'm going to just oh, God, totally <laughs> destroy my mind. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. So, beginning question this week. The opening question. The opening question. Oh, Jesus Christ, you have given us an opening question to get the podcast going. Um, (laughs) Yes. What was your, outside of the farm, what was your first job? Focus. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. But, okay, well... No, 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 no. Back that up. I did small side jobs every now and again with my uncle who would take people's old gas fuel tanks out of their basements. Um, they would pay him to take fuel tanks because he worked for the gas company. So he'd oh. hook natural gas lines up to people's houses. And then they would say, I have this fuel tank in my basement, usually with some fuel left in it. Uh, what do I do with it? And he said, mm, I can get rid of it for you if you pay me. I don't actually know how yeah. much it was. And it'd be like, and he'd be like, I'll take More the fuel. I'll take the fuel in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll take the fuel in it and I'll take it. And so then he would take them and he would have to get them up the stairs out of yeah. the basement, put them on trailer, and would take them. He'd take the fuel out of them and then he would, uh, use them to make things or sell them for oh, metal cool. money. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it was a cool little business. But I did that, uh, I might have only done that once. But, technically, that was a job, I guess. That was technically a job. Yep, yep. Good old Uncle Luke. My dad had a friend that did that with uh, biodiesel. He would, a similar thing, but it was not with gas stuff. He would go to restaurants and pick up their, like, used fryer oil. Oh, yeah. And then, like, refine refine it into biodiesel, which was crazy. And then sell it or just use it? I think it would use it and sell it, huh. but I don't know. My first job was at a, uh, it was a, it was a company called Pack Mail. Uh, Pack we, Mail. we sent like Pack Mule? packages. So UPS, FedEx and, uh, postal service. And so I 
learned how to be a cashier and packing and wait quasi managing person. Yeah. So pack mail was just a UPS store, a FedEx store, and a post office all in one. one place. All in one, yep. And private PO boxes. It was kind of a kind of a big that's deal. weird. Yeah. So. Why would somebody pick like Fed, like did someone come in and say I need to ship this and you said oh you go with the FedEx this box or like no I use UPS that's exactly what we did yep and then they would all come to our store and pick it up it was crazy that's weird to me that, Isn't that, weird? <laughs> that worked and you weren't always just like yeah go with just UPS because it, well, was... it was weird they always had like different prices depending on what you were trying to send you know so, so like... there was some stuff that was better to send through different companies. oh absolutely yeah. huh. Absolutely. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people would try and send stuff postal service that definitely needed to be sent UPS. Mm. Or would send UPS things that definitely needed to be sent and postal you service. you don't have to worry about it if it's all in one place. That's right. So. Wow, pack mail. Pack mail. So much more than anybody ever would have expected. This is the first advertisement we've ever had for a business. <laughs> we aren't being paid for it. It's awful. We're just going to uh, yeah. redact all of this. Gosh. <laughs> it was great. It was great. So. Really oh man! Once I start my own company, that's well, how I paid for my first car. Yeah. Really, pack mail, send in packages. Yeah. You got yourself yeah. a pack mule. I had to ship an oven one time. Really? Like I had to pack it. What was best for that? Uh, I think it was UPS actually. Really? Hmm. Yeah, but surprising. I had to make like a whole box for it. It was kind of ridiculous. Out of? Did you have to make it out of wood? You'd cut down a tree. No, and it was actually it? a ton of corrugated cardboard and packing peanuts. It was so wasteful. <laughs> I did not do a good job. <laughs> no, I did a great job. I just did a great job with the materials that I had. <laughs> so. Yeah, it could have fit uh, like a small building, but uh, it was only an oven and then a bunch of packing peanuts. It was safe. That's it. it that's really what's important. It was, it was. I did my job. I did it well. Wow. Usually, wow. Most of the time. I don't know if I did my job well when I worked for my uncle. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. There you yep. go, job. I like that question. Nice. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to talk about money, but we're going to pray money. first. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, since tomorrow's the solemnity of the Annunciation. Technically, liturgically, so, today is. Since today, liturgically, is the f- Technically, calendarly, of it's the, tomorrow. <laughs> of the Annunciation. <laughs> we'll uh, give this one to Mary. So, yeah. in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee do I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer. We pray for a good podcast. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. Like, everything about it. it really the is. petitions are good, but it's very, like, poetic. It flows very nice. It's just a it's very a well-written prayer. prayer. Yeah. yeah. Like that. The memorare. So, yes. Last week. Actually, Last I guess week. it's probably been two weeks now. Two weeks. Uh, my older brother sent me a podcast <clears throat> called Good Money by New Polity. That's what it was. Um, it was these like two Catholic guys and they were talking about the role of money. So it gave me a lot of questions. That's, you know, that's what we love here. Money, which is great. You know, like I did exactly what a podcast should have done. 
Made you wonder? It made me wonder. That sounds so, like a great what a model great idea. for a podcast. Great concept. <laughs> if only someone would take that concept Gosh. and kind of run with it. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> Someday someone will figure it out. Rather than doing the... What what, what do you see as money, Eli? Because I, I always go with that. I mean, we I, it's, a, it's a good way to start. I mean, I'm not going to say that's a Glad you're not going to ask that, though, because uh, I don't know. What would you say your relationship to money is? Though? Ah, yes. <laughs> ah. We'll get to that question eventually, though. Oh, for shit. the record, but okay, yeah. start thinking. Um, no, my relationship with money. Okay, uh, or if you want to start with how has money been modeled to you, maybe. How has money been modeled? I think it's pretty similar, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, we never had a ton of money. We grew up on a dairy farm, which is not a lucrative industry. My parents are very good at saving. Mm. They very much emphasize really? saving money. Yeah. Uh, they were not about spending money just on something you wanted. Yet something that you were going to buy had to be worth it. Now, sometimes that was something you wanted. That's important. So we weren't completely never spend money years. We were, some things are worth spending money on. And that may include a limo bus. All right. Okay, exactly. So <laughs> what did what worth it mean to y'all? Um, it sounds like y'all have a broad <laughs> understanding yeah, of worth okay, it so sometimes. Worth it a lot of times was necessity. So okay. like you kind of couldn't live without it. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, worth it. What did we mean by it? Is it worth it? I, I'll stick with the limo bus because that was a good time twice. Um, we we figured out that that's Good a great way twice. to have a graduation yeah. party. All right. Yeah, uh-huh. Um and uh <laughs> so the limo bus. Why was that worth it? Because it was centered entirely about around communal celebration. There was something going on. So mm, both times yeah. it was graduations. And was it a limo bus twice? I think so. But uh, this makes it sound super bougie, but like this is not a normal thing at all for us. I mean, it's us. a bus and a limo, so it's not... I mean, like, it's it's, it's out of the ordinary. It's like, I don't know if it's Have you ever bougie, seen, like, you know, it's like one of those short buses, but uh-huh. not a school bus, but like a short bus, uh-huh. and it's like limo inside, so it's got, like, lights and comfy seats and made for parties. Yes. Um, yeah, so it was definitely bougie. It was it was run by the uh, cattle shipping company. exciting and dirty at the same it time. It was not dirty at all. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. Um, but it was run by the cattle shipping company. They did cattle and limos. <laughs> Bolt. It was awesome. Really cornering the market. Okay, right? yeah, but okay, I got to get back to it. I'm just excited yeah, yeah. about the limo bus now because that was an awesome time because it yeah. was just like my immediate family a couple of like significant others and maybe some friends a couple of times. But um uh yeah, it was just I, I think my parents were like, some things are worth going all out on. And my parents have always been very big on education. Yep. And so it was like, you graduated, we're gonna have a limo, limo bus. bus. Because this is worth it. Because you what made it worth it? All I can say is it's worth it. Um, like there's a communal celebration that has earned s- festivity. Okay. Uh, so that made it worth it. It, 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 so it called for it. Your parents were big on saving, big on not saving, not spending, money. not spending. But 
found value in communal celebration. Yep, and and you know some other things like uh, trying to think of other things. like sometimes we'd go out to like nicer restaurants. Would you would you say that view of money has translated into Eli's life? Definitely, big on saving. Uh, don't spend money on just what I want, although I do sometimes. But some things, if they're beneficial for life, are are worth spending your money on. So like hobbies, you know. Yeah. Uh, not every hobby I'm just gonna go out and spend a bunch of money on, but. Some hobbies, I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, this is something like hunting for me. You know, this is something I am willing to spend a decent amount of money on because this gives me life. This kind of, I don't know if I want to say enhances life, but this accentuates the goodness of life. Cool. So it sounds like what we're getting at is that money is a means for which we live life. Would you agree with that? Uh, at first, yes, but something. Hmm. But you could live life completely without money, right? Do people live their lives completely without money? Dang right. You ever watch the movie Sourdough? Nope. He just goes into the woods. This is old dude. No, he probably had some money to start it, but he just goes into the woods and builds himself a cabin by hand and just lives out there probably till he dies. He didn't have money. Didn't need money. Had everything he needed. It was in the Alaskan wilderness. Huh. So I think there is a sense. I, I think in our world today, for the most part, for most people, yes, money is the way by which we live life. But I do think there are exceptions. Is it not also, though, the way in which we spend our lives? Oh. <laughs> you know, there's a question. Um... Because it seems like we're in this, at least, I don't know, the kind of image I got in high school of, granted, I went to public school, so there's that. Is the, <laughs> like, <laughs> public school. <laughs> I was homeschooled. <laughs> you, uh, you, you know, you get a good education, you make good grades, you go to high school, you get into a good college because you're good grades, and you get your degree, and the degree gets you a good job, and the good job gets you good money. And then with the good money, you can raise a good family because you can provide for them. And then you got a good job and you can do whatever you want because you got all this good money, good job, good people, good and, family. And all my end, dreams, check mark. Yeah, it's all about just doing what you want. Is that... So, yeah. So it sounds like our entire lives are sort of centered around finances. I would say in for a lot of people, yeah. Our culture is very financially based. Yeah. That's like, uh, there was a story going around Focus for a little while about, you've probably heard this, but this uh, this man, <clears throat> this man who lived in China, and he had mm-hmm. a mass at his house. You know what story I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He had a mass at his house. Um, it was illegal. The police are coming. People see it, and he's like, everybody leave. I have to stay here. It's my house. He stays there, get arrested, gets arrested. The Chinese government tortures him for like two weeks, being like, tell us where the priest is. But he knows if he tells them who the priest is and where he is, then everybody else won't be able to get the sacraments. And he's like, no, I won't do it. So they torture him for two weeks. Finally, they're like, uh, no, uh, he's not going to say anything. Just let him go. So he gets out, finally somehow gets out of China, comes to America. 
I don't remember where he went. For some reason, I feel like it's New York, but I don't know. It was California. Okay, New York, California, one of the coasts. Basically so. the same. <laughs> Anyways, he starts this Chinese restaurant, and uh, like when he gets over to America, he's like, oh my gosh, you can go to Mass every day. This is awesome. He's going to Mass every day. Um, then his restaurant gets uh, like more popular, and he gets busier, and he's like, okay, I can't go to Mass every day, but this is good, and so he's going to every couple of days every other day and then it's busier and busier and then he's like okay it's just on Sundays but at least I'm not doing anything wrong and then it gets even more popular he can't find enough staff and he's like okay I can't make it this Sunday but I'll go next Sunday he starts missing Sundays and then eventually he stops going to church altogether mm-hmm. this man who was willing to die to let other people have the sacraments was overcome by American consumerism. It's pretty powerful. Yep. So I feel like that's a lot, the way we're, we live our life. And also, I think if you look at the American dream, Wendell Berry, who's one of my uh, heroes, who's a philosopher, especially an agricultural philosopher, mm-hmm. um, he wrote Jaber Crow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Which gotcha. is one of my favorite books ever. But he is a big proponent of the idea that the American dream has ruined and is ruining America. Which is very contrary to what most people think. But he, when one of his big points is that the American dream says you constantly have to be growing and advancing and changing and therefore cannot be satisfied with what you have. And so, like, uh, I think as far as, like, if that that applies to money, it's like, Americans are never going to be really, okay, general American. There's definitely some people, but general American are not going to be satisfied with how much money they have because they know they can have more. And therefore, to the American dream mindset, you must do what you can to get more. Yeah. And that's that denies the good of what you have in a lot of ways. Not completely, but I'd say a lot of ways. Yeah, so money is pretty ubiquitous to us then. Ubiquitous. Like ubiquitous. That, that was a big word. Well, how would you, uh, it is all-encompassing. It's everywhere. Uh, it's yeah, unavoidable, oh, yeah. that kind of idea or at least it seems to be right yeah very much very much seems to be unavoidable so now's the part where i'll do my first question oh what do you think money is then oh money is we'll get all like intellectual definition on this bad boy money is an agreed upon denomination the word i'm looking for an agreed upon value put upon something that does not necessarily have that value but represents value but it has to be agreed upon yeah for it to work for example bitcoin <laughs> i think bitcoin is the weirdest thing ever because you can mine it from a computer 
Okay. Yeah. And not physically, just like the idea practically of Bitcoin. Just because people say, yeah, this is worth something, we'll agree on that, it suddenly is money. Now, I think that's super weird. And then one time someone pointed out to me, isn't that just what cash money is? That was exactly what I was about to ask you. So, yeah. <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> but... <laughs> but that's real. Like, yeah, but it doesn't actually have value. It's just only because we agree that it has value. Like a $100 bill. To, you know. Yeah, I used to. But like right now, a $100 bill is made of the same thing as a $1 bill for the most part. Yep. You get a $100 bill. 100 times the other. Exactly. What the heck? It's weird. But that's what I would say money is. It's an agreed upon value upon something. Uh, There has to be something that holds that value, even if it's just necessarily a number. Like Venmo is just throwing numbers around in computers. And it's worth something. Why? It's weird to me. I don't know how I feel about it. Yep. It's pretty strange. It's pretty strange. I don't know if it's good. I've been a big proponent for a while. We should go back to bartering. Well, yeah, so at least with the the podcast I was listening to was talking about that new polity one. Yeah. They were kind of going through like really the question of does does anyone really know what money is for one? Like it it it's so integral to our lives it seems like something that's always existed forever right Mm. and so part of what they talk about is kind of the the different histories of currencies throughout the world Mm. um which i find fascinating not what they one of the ones that they don't talk about but one that i find fascinating is the currency in sparta that we talked about in philosophy do you remember oh it was worthless and heavy and yeah it was like this it was iron that had been like refined with i think it was like boiled or something in the refining process something about it it was like mixed so you couldn't even like make tools out of it useless and so to like trade money or the, the goal of the king was actually to make money absolutely worthless. Because you didn't want him trading with anyone else. Yes, because it would take so much effort to trade money that it wouldn't even be worth it. Mm. Um, which is such a, like, that seems so contrary to everything that we do. Uh, as for, like, I guess the working definition I can think of for how we understand money and I guess it's not even the one that I, I thought of, it's the one that I I guess I've heard is that money is a representation of societal value put into work done. Yeah. I think that's the put into work done. So I think that's the way that we can, I think that's the way that we societally justify multi-billionaires is that we understand money to be, or having a lot of money is relative to what that person does for society as a whole. And we are very messed up on that. I mean, do you disagree with that? I don't know if I necessarily disagree with that, but then why are college presidents paid more than college professors? Ridiculous amounts more. I I mean, I think there's terrible... I, I don't, I don't and, think and the system like is our good, famous but like it football seems to be players what we understand yeah, they, money to be. I think it's what we understand money to be, but I don't think it's a 
good way to view okay, it. Okay, but you're saying it's more of how society sees what they provide as useful. Or so is money purely utilitarian? I have a hard time understanding it as not purely utilitarian. I don't know if you can understand it as not utilitarian. That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, but I guess I guess what frustrates me about that is that that viewpoint of it makes it seem like a negative thing. But it's something that we have to use, or it seems like it's something that we have to use. Um, Golly, yeah. And so it's like, how do we how do we use money in a way that is is good and actually like isn't arbitrary and purely utilitarian and like yeah really the central question of this podcast is i want to understand money in a way that hmm let me rephrase the central question of the podcast how do we as christians striving to be good christians use money or be good stewards of money what does Hmm. that look like Hmm. Really, question. I think a lot of it comes down to your kind of question to me at the beginning about the limo, about worth. It really is just about like deciding what is worth money. Because honestly, there's not really anything we can do right now individually about what money is. Like, no, but we can change the way that we use it in our relationship to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which is significant. Which is very significant. Yeah. And can change the world if you do it right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that really the question comes down to, uh, I mean, it's, it seems basic, but just like what Jesus says about the guy who plants a bunch and then has to tear down his barns and rebuild them because there's... You know, it's like, oh man, I have so much crops, but my barns aren't big enough. I'll tear them down, rebuild them, so I can have more. And then Jesus comes and says, "You fool!" <laughs> well, God comes and says, "You fool! This night your life will be demanded of you." And uh, he's like, "Oh no, I'm dead now, and I have all these things. Like, what? <laughs> what I can't take them with me." <laughs> and so I think there's just a a, a general like uh, not idolizing money. Of like, it has to be putting money in its proper place, which is your exact question. So I didn't say anything there. Um, you have to. How do we put money in its proper place? Um, I, I feel like it just goes back to like, what's worth spending something on? Yeah. And part of that is uh, almost I wouldn't say subjective, but is going to have to be like. Direct personal decision. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's things that are obviously wrong. If you go to a strip club and spend your money on that, that's that's wrong. Yeah. Object- there's no there's no point objectively, or sub well subjectively there is, but no point objectively but that's actually right. So what do you think about saving money? I think saving money is good, but I think it it is taken too far. So for example, you probably experienced this when you were in Tanzania, but when I was in Rwanda, just by interacting with people, I realized that 
we would consider them very poor. Yeah. But they wouldn't really consider themselves very poor. Because they had what they needed, and in many cases, what they wanted. Yeah. So, like, if, you know, I'm, you know, if they went to the big city, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I want a car, I want all this. But, like, people had a roof over their head, they had food, and they had their families. And the idea of having extra money, I think, would be strange to them. Because, yeah. uh, like, well, what more do I need? Why would I need to... If money is this thing that I have to work for, why would I have to spend more time working rather than actually enjoying the things that my money has gotten me? Yes. So, like, uh, I remember Cade uh, telling me a story of, like, this businessman is on vacation on this tropical island, and he, like, sees this fisherman just kind of, like, hanging out, and he's like, hey, you know, like, I can make you a bunch of money. And the guy's like, well, why... Why do I want a bunch of money? And he's like, well, the, if you got more money, then you could buy nicer stuff and you can catch more fish. And if you catch more fish, then you can make more money. You can hire other guys to help you. You'll catch even more fish. You can buy more boats. You can start this whole business. You can run this whole bay and like you'll, you'll kind of own all of the fishing here and make all of the money from it. And... And, and then you'll have the money. And he was like, okay, yeah, but why do I want that? He was like, well, once you do that, you don't even have to work. You can just go, like, hang out on the beach and eat some fish. And he's like, that's what I, I already do. That right that's what I already do every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Why did I tell that story? <laughs> Tanzania, savings, values. Saving money. Oh, so saving money, I think there is a proper place for that. Because there is a standard of living that is good that yeah. money requires, all right? You don't want to live in abject poverty, probably, if you don't have to. Now, some people might be called to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the tra- traditional Franciscans and stuff. But for the most part, like, if you're going to be married and have a family, it's all right to have, you know, like, like a middle-class life. Provide for them. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, But if money and the pursuit of money, I think, becomes a god for a lot of people when it comes to saving. There's not a number where they're like, okay, I'll be good. And if there is a number, then it's because they can just spend it on something else that they want. But there's not this idea of having enough with what you have if you get addicted to saving money. So what do we do with that in the midst of... And, and you can thank old Andrew for this question. He had the question of insurance. Wait, Andrew? Uh, you, don't, you don't know him. Okay. Andrew, Andrew's Andrew. a good friend of good mine. Good old Andrew. Good old question Andrew. Insurance. Um, had a question on insurance as to if we trust in God and his ability to provide for us, which I think is tangential to savings. And insurance and savings are essentially us putting stock for the moments when we can no longer provide for ourselves, i.e. when we would normally rely on God, is our interest and insurance and savings actually working contrary to allowing God to provide for us? Is that an act of unfaith or distrust? So I would um, clarify but say yes. 
So, but I don't know if it's actually an act of unfaith towards God. I don't think unfaith is a word, but I said On what? Unfaith. I don't, I there's a better word for it. D- I don't know. Disbelief. That's the word. Disbelief? Uh, no, faith and belief are different. Right. I think yeah. unfaith is a word. Is it? But we're going to use it all if right. it is or not. You, I'm all you about, understand I'm all about making meaning. it up. It's way easier than probably finding the right word. Yeah, probably. Unfaith. But anyway, so I think actually, you know, I think it's more of an unfaith in community, in the principle of subsidiarity. So for those who don't know, the principle of subsidiarity is that needs should be met at the lowest possible level. Yeah. So if you can, you meet it yourself. If you can't, your family. Uh, If they can't, then like people around you, relatives, then your local community and just going up, 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 which allows things to become personal and everybody is known and loved in this situation, given what they need. Um, But I think that when you have insurance and a bunch of savings, it's not necessarily just distrusting God, although maybe in the end it kind of becomes. But I think it's more directly a distrust in community. Because hmm. imagine living in a community where you knew, knew, if your house burned down, you would hardly have to worry about it because the entire community would come together, they would, you'd live in someone else's house, they would build you a new house, you know, like all the Amish people come and you know, raise an you a new house. They do that back home. They yeah. do that? Yeah. They did that for tornadoes like two years ago. It was crazy. But it just builds each other's houses? Yeah, they poured a ton of money into it. It was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. See, I think yeah. if you have that, then not. I'm not saying like, hey, go out and cancel your insurance. Um, but like... If you can trust in that, what what real peace that brings you. And that's the way a community is intended to be, like to, to share in the good. St. Thomas Aquinas says stealing is all right if somebody won't, uh, if you're going to die because somebody else won't give you something. He pretty much justifies, he's like, if you need to steal a loaf of bread. That, like the lame is kind of idea. Uh, the beginning of Les Mis, he Jean Valjean like steals a piece of bread, uh, but he's gonna die if he doesn't eat it, and then he ends up getting like arrested and going to prison for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The very beginning, you don't see it, but yeah, he steals yeah, yeah. a piece of bread because his sister's child was dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like Saint Thomas Aquinas says, like if somebody is not willing to use their goods for the good of the community, then in a sense they have they've forfeited them. Yeah. So you have the right to save your life by stealing that bread. Now, he's very harsh on the idea that if that's not the case, you better not steal. But I think that the sense of community, a lot of our sense of like need for money comes from two things, our desire for just pleasure, but also our lack of trust in our community. We don't believe that anyone else can help us. Yeah, I think that's really the core of kind of the question. And and I guess sort of the answer, too, is that it, it sort of goes back to what you were saying before of, I think, in a barter system or something more akin to, like, exchange of goods as opposed to exchange of money, that money sort of abstracts things out so far that you can 
be just an individual in another group of individuals as opposed to first a member of society and then an individual under it, um, which yeah. also has, I mean, there's goods in both of those views, right? Like, and there, and there have to be, but yeah. we kind of have to take the goods out of both of the views. And we seem to yeah. be very much so in the insular nuclear, I am me first and everyone else, like they can take care of themselves, but I got to take care of me. Yeah. And yeah, the idea of the body of Christ is not taken literally in our lives in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's like, it. let's be the body of Christ together apart. So. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's be the body of Christ. I'll take care of myself. I'm the finger over here. You're the finger on that hand. Now, Make sure you, you do your job right. Yep. Yeah. And we'll be good But you know, fingers. I think that this leads to attention, not to a tension, not attention. Yeah. Um, between very much between the ideal and the reality right now. This is like a very yep, there's a lot sure. of things where you're like, I want the ideal, so I'm gonna strive for it, but like this is one that you can't just like be like, I'm gonna live the ideal of like community and it'll be all good. Like, now that if your community is not good with you, then you're not really gonna be able to do that right now. Sort of I mean, I, I think that I think really what it comes down to and what I was kind of saying with it being the answer too is that I think the answer with having a good relationship with money is learning how to spend it well. Yeah. Right? And so which comes back to what you were saying at the beginning of redefining what's actually valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's something really admirable and, and something that I really see in my parents that like my parents also don't have a lot of money and it's not because they don't save it because they don't save it, but um, it's because they, well, they're incredibly hospitable. And mm. so like, that's the crazy thing to me is like growing up, my parents always spent money on food for other people at our house. Like mm. they would cook all the time and it didn't matter if they were short, didn't matter. They would spend the money. Didn't ever make any sense to me, but mm. Um, but people loved being over there because of that. Like they were always welcome. It didn't matter how many people showed up, you're going to have food. And, uh, I think a, a way to learn about, or a, a way to spend your money well would be to start fostering that community how you can, which would mean essentially spending money for others, right? Yeah. So like living charity to some degree. Yeah, it it really becomes that's, that's the, money as we have it today can be an extraordinary an extraordinary way to love as Christ loved in a sense yeah. to give of yourself. Father Christian once said in our fatherhood class, the church needs more millionaires than it needs uh, lay ministers right now. I was mm. like, wow, you know, like. It was somewhat sarcastic, but also very true. Just the sense of like money is needed for things, for good things right yeah. now. And therefore you can do it. And to give, you know, to give out of your need, that that's one thing I learned from my parents. I remember actually, uh my one of my first year of college, one of my friends, um, 
she was becoming a focused missionary, and she was like, hey, do you think I can meet with your parents to ask them for, for money because they're fundraising? And I was like, well, I'll tell you, yes, they'd probably love to meet with you, but um, at the time we were having, a, uh, what was it? We were having way too much water, I think, at that point. Maybe it was a drought. Either way, the crops were dying. Yeah. It was like bad and not looking good. And it was like, we're not sure if we're gonna, the corn's going to grow at all. And if none of the corn grows, that's a majority of what we feed the cows. So we're going to have to buy it all. And so, so I told her, I was like, this is looking like a terrible year for crops. So they're probably not going to give you any money because we cannot afford to like kind of spend money because there's a chance that we're going to have to spend a ridiculous amount of money. And she was like, okay, that's all right. And so I asked my parents. They're like, yeah, she can come meet with us. And they gave her a lot of money. Yeah. And I remember being like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, this doesn't make any logical sense. Like, you're going to need that money. And um, I remember my mom said, we've, we've always, I don't know who, if she said who taught them, but she said, we've always been taught you give out of your need. Mm. So, like, they gave more money because they knew they needed money. That year, we had the most corn we had ever had up to that point in our bunker. Hmm. It turned around completely, yeah. and like it was uh, the best year we'd ever had up to that point. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 and I remember just being like, this is so much proof of that. Just like they gave out of their need, and they didn't get it back straight up monetarily-wise, but God did take care of them. Yeah. But they had to risk it. Yeah. So I think like that relationship with money where you can love with money and in doing that, trust God, like you you were talking about, like uh, Andrew brought up, you know, that's how you, you demonstrate faith is to give lovingly, give till it hurts in a lot of circumstances and trust that, yeah, maybe you won't be able to have some of the things you want. Maybe that God will give you what you need instead. Amen. Yeah, so uh, I guess to wrap this up, summarize, roll it all together, nice bow on top. Money is not necessarily a bad thing. It's also not necessarily a good thing. Uh, We have a need to use it well. And it seems like the best way to use it well is to know what we're spending money on, yep. to spend it well, and to spend it with charity. Yep. Um, so really, once again, it's the orientation outside of ourselves, you know? Yeah. Which is... Yep. It's just, yeah, and I think money is definitely something that it's very powerful because of what good can be done with it. And therefore, it's very much under attack by the devil. Like he attacks the good and the the best things. That's fair. That's fair. And so, like, and so, so much good can be done with money. Being used with it, and and, yeah. and in doing that, you can see like, okay, yeah. well, then what is the the bad that we see, and we do the opposite. Yeah. You know, like everybody's keeping money for themselves and spending on what they want. Well, then I guess that means I should probably be having what I need and giving to others. Yeah. Yeah. Build new beautiful churches because it's worth it. That was a, uh, a, uh, uh, what is it? An, 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 what is it when you know you 
promote something. I can't think of the word. An un unsolicited. No, what is the word? Of, an unshameful. What is? I have shameless. Shameless plug. A shameless plug, shameless plug for for us someday. Please help us build beautiful churches because it can change the world. That's a whole different topic, though. It is. That'd be that a good. That'd be a good podcast. The material topic. culture yeah. of our faith being of worth the it. Church. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Think about money and how you spend it. Is it really <laughs> worth it? Amen. Amen. May all of your wonders be blessed. God bless. Mm-hmm.